The first truth I have this morning is if you really want to feel close to the Spirit, say yes to giving the prepared message. Um, And since I have the floor, I'm going to give a a shout-out to our choir. Um, I really appreciate being a a member with them and the talent, Mark, that you bring each and every week. Um, I'm going to be talking about the women that came to the tomb. And I want to tell you, Mark, while you were playing, I could just see the women there um, through that music. It just, it just felt like there was an expectation, um, the grief, the joy later on. So I, I really appreciate that. While Mark 16, 1 through 3, which Claire read to us, is the main scripture, verse 3 was the one that made me stop and wonder. I'm going to be sharing what took place a few verses before and a few verses after that. But here's my thoughts around that passage and many questions too. I'd like us to take a breath together because this may be a bumpy ride. It's been a hard few days. We all can relate to that. We've all been in that in-between time. Death has come. Preparations have been made. And then there's the waiting. And the memories. Some unbelievable ones have happened just in the last week. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover had been celebrated. It was all coming together. But then it didn't. Jesus had been arrested, withstood several trials, was flogged, beaten, condemned, and crucified. The women had watched it all unfold. Their plans unraveled too. Their faith was torn. They had watched in a distance. Mark 15, 40-42 some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and the younger, and Joseph and Solomon. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem and were also there. They had come. Jesus' death had been on preparation day. The day before the Sabbath, there was much to do, especially for the women, to prepare for Sabbath. But the women took time out of that preparation to watch as Joseph of Arimathea placed Jesus' body in the tomb and rolled the stone against the entrance. Then they waited. In that waiting, they observed the Sabbath a day of required rest. Makes me wonder how we wait and rest. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at it at all. Bruce will be the first to tell you that resting does not come easy to me. Have you ever had times of required rest? What if we chose to rest? How would that change you? How might it change your view of God's presence in your life? 
Truth nugget number two. We all need to rest, especially in trying times. We pick up with what we've already heard. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Solomon, brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. Perhaps over the Sabbath, they had mentally prepared for this time. They were now finishing the burial, and with all of it that they hoped for, all that they thought was going to change. They walked to the tomb. We are not told if this was a fast pace, a slow pace. I suspect it was a grieving pace. We can relate to different paces of walking, both physically and in our spiritual walk. You know, I'm a walker. I grew up in a town where you walked. I walked to school, and it was uphill both ways. (laughs) On Friday nights, my sister and I walked to the football game. On Saturdays, we would walk downtown with our allowance burning a hole in our pockets. I walked to my music lessons. I walked to my friends' houses. And in the summer, we walked to the pool. We were constantly on our way to somewhere with our feet and on our way back home by those same feet. There was always some kind of conversation going on. Even when I walked by myself, the little chatterbox in my mind, thoughts were always there. And they still are. I rediscovered walking during my Christmas vacation in 2017. And it's become a reclaiming of myself and a spiritual practice that has deeply impacted my whole life. Saturdays are my typical walking day. Two to four, perhaps six miles. Mostly along the Bicentennial Greenway. The miles are a side benefit, though. And the rediscovering of walking, I have found it the best way to clear my head, to collect myself, and to reflect on where my soul is, what my soul is inviting me into, and just to observe God's fantastic world around me. One of my first spiritual encounters was during walks a few weeks after my Grandpa Jones died. I was eight at the time. As I walked to school, I discussed death with God. I had questions such as, was Grandpa really with you? Was he okay? Did he feel better? Did he miss us? I never received an audible answer, but I always received a comforting presence. So my truth nugget number three, there's a comforting presence while we are on our walk. Now we come to the the question of the passage. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? I have pondered this question. If the women had prepared so well, I mean they watched where Jesus had been laid. They saw that the stone had been rolled over the entrance, and they had bought the spices. Why wouldn't they have prepared for the moving of the stone? It's a pretty large detail, right? 
Maybe they thought they could do it. Maybe they thought one of the men would be there. Or maybe they just hadn't thought about it. You know, grief does that to you. You are going along fine, and then wham, like a wave. You're just not knowing what, if anything, you've prepared for. I have no answer, no truth nugget for this one. Well, not yet. Mark 16, verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Well, of course they'd be alarmed. Who had moved the stone? And more importantly, where was Jesus? Then they receive a message. Verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. They left the tomb, probably their baskets of spices, spilled over and the fragrance floating at their heels. Their plans for the day had been dramatically changed. They left the tomb trembling and bewildered. I'm pretty sure I would be more than trembling and bewildered. I think they have been bewildered since they heard of Jesus' arrest. Bewildered means perplexed, confused, very puzzled. Their Passover had been marked this year by a very personal death. Their beloved Jesus had been killed, was dead, or so they thought. Could he now be alive? They had come to honor the one whom they had known and are now discovering a new known, a new Passover. He is not here. He has risen from the dead. My truth nugget number three, it is okay to be perplexed and confused and very puzzled by God's interactions with us. What I may think of dead may just be a passing over by God for something new. In the message, they were told to tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. So they were going home. Had that been decided already? They were going back to what they knew. Truth nugget number four. Returning home to what you know is okay. But know that you are changed and home has been changed too. However, you will always be met there. I know I've peppered you with a lot of questions. And I have three more. Perhaps we should take a walk together. What stone or stones would you like to see removed? What tomb would you like to enter and see that he is not there? 
He has risen from the tomb and has given you a message to come to a place you've both known, but now means even more knowing that he is waiting for you there. Where or how can you see Jesus tending the places where the stones were? Remember I said I didn't have a truth nugget for one of the questions, the big question I have built this around? Who will move the stone? Well, my truth nugget number five, the love of God moved that stone. May we walk in that love and talk in that love and be that visible love to this world that so needs that love.